now that I've done like so many different client pitch calls and like sales calls, discovery calls, wherever you name it. Um, one of like the top three questions I get is like, what is your specialty? Like that's one of the first questions I get. Hmm. So people are in fact looking for a specialty when they're looking for recruiting vendors. You're listening to the Taylor Coop podcast. Join me as we do a deep dive into my passions and learning lessons in entrepreneurship, real estate, business, sports, art, and so much more. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Taylor Koo Show podcast. We are joined back here with my great, great friend, Kyle Morioka. Welcome back, Kyle. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Awesome. So to, so we heard about his story on Tuesday. We are now going, getting granular, getting tactical into the action items episode for today. We are going to be diving into how Kyle started a recruitment agency. And if you're looking to start a recruitment agency, what are the tactical steps outside of just educating yourself about what you want to do? What are those tactical actionable steps that you can take in order to start and get your first client or your recruiting agency? And also how much it really costs to start up to start up. Cause I know we spoke about that a little bit, but wanted to even discuss some of those options there. So I guess starting out long-winded answer as to opening this up, what would that first step be when you were to tr at starting this recruitment agency? I mean, I can't imagine the first step just to go out <laughs> to, to a company and be like, Hey, want to let me recruit for some of your positions? Yeah, could be. No. Uh, yeah, I think the first thing is, um, I, I like to like, first focus on like what strategy that you're you're initially like focusing on so obviously recruiting agencies they've been around for decades at this point right there's like the big ones like robert half like they have their finance and accounting division and there's all these like boutique recruiting firms like mine that are focusing on like early stage tech companies um so i'd say like kind of formulating a plan Ideally, that lines up with your experience as a recruiter, um, just because that 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 will kind of get your foot in the door and establish that credibility. You know, versus let's say like you know my background's been in automotive tech. If I jump to like let's say I start talking to hospitals about healthcare recruiting, and obviously that's not going to land just as well as me talking to like a Tesla or something or another automotive company. Um, so number one is like figuring out what your target business is. Like, who do you want to work with? Okay. Like what are the roles that you, you feel like confident in and like, you know, fulfilling. Um, and, and yeah, just like, you know, figure out where, where you want to hone your energy. Now, when you were getting that, how, how, how did you figure out the terms to, to then negotiate with some of these companies or is that the too many steps into the process. Is there something else we should focus on before you even get there? No, I, I think that's a, that's a great starting point too. And I think that that ties into like the strategy piece. Um, there are a couple of ways that, like how, how I got that, I guess, information around, you know, what other agencies were charging. I guess a few ways, like one of them was I had experience working with other recruiting agencies in the past at like most mainly shift and, and uh, lift. 
Um, so I had a general understanding of like what they were charging in the companies to fill certain roles. And I understood like the contract terms and some of them were like, you know, contract buyouts for whatever candidates, if it was like a, a staffing need or something. Um, I think another avenue is just like reaching out to people in the industry. And, you know, if you establish like a good relationship with another recruiter, right, you know, they'll most likely like give you information that's useful as it relates to like, you know, what are the, the more, what's the standard contract terms that they typically sell to, to their clients. Um, and I think number three too, is like, you, you can always act as a customer, be like, Hey, Robert half, like I need help recruiting for a so-and-so role. Can you give me a quote? And then hop on a sales call with one of their agencies. You'll get an understanding of their sales motion and process, but then also get an understanding of, you know, how much they're charging uh, per placement. Hmm. And so, uh, so you did your market research then. And so it sounds like you did all three of them where you, you know, you hopped onto the calls and then you had an idea of just, and then you created your offer then to these companies. And if you don't mind sharing, what is and you, you don't have to share, but I, I'm, I am curious, like what those margins are per placement that you have and then what you were able to negotiate. Cause like, I, I mean, starting out, was it smaller just so you can just get that testimonial and then build off from there? Or did you just go for it? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely smaller than what we're commanding now. Um, yeah, I, I led off with, uh, you know, pr pretty much like the industry average for the fee which I guess at the time was like, you know, I, I guess the fee simply structured on the the hire's salary. So it's like 25% of the first year salary for like a single role. Um, so we did take like a pretty big discount just given that we didn't have credibility in the market. We didn't have any case studies at the time, right? Um, mainly our credibility was just like, I guess, you know, my background and my partner's backgrounds in the companies that we had worked with in the past. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of profit, like, I guess back then, at least for the first year, we didn't have any recruiters like on deck to help, help fill the roles. It was just all the, uh, like myself and like my partners just like going crazy on LinkedIn or in our network and trying to find people and place them ourselves. Mm. Um, and we didn't, we didn't make any like, like income at the time, right. As, as owners. Um, so I guess like theoretically the profit was like the value of the, the contract, but in reality, you know, like at this point in time where open rec is at, uh, is at right now, like we obviously have team recruiters that are doing all this client delivery work. Hmm. Okay. And when you, you mentioned something about credibility then, did you guys have a pitch deck or like, how did you get, how did you end up booking the meeting with the companies? Cause I've when when I was working with an agency, I remember some of those calls that we had where they like had their their requisitions, they had their job opening, and then you had like thirty six other agencies that were just there on the call listening to the position, and then they were like trying to fill it. Right? How did you like? Was it was it an easy process to be able to get to that stage and get on the call? Or was it like an, a number of calls of building that relationship out? Uh, probably more the latter. Ooh, okay. um, definitely took a lot of work 
Um, I, I think the like the low hanging fruit is obviously like the people in your network that you have the strongest relationships with. Right. Those people are obviously like ones that are you know they're most likely to give you an intro to someone else just based on your your working experience with them in the past. You know, just because okay. they they can vouch for you. So, um, I think it was partially from that where just like the act of referring us also kind of enhanced that credibility, initial credibility. Um, to your earlier question, like we did have a pitch deck. It wasn't as pretty as it is right now. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's kind of explain like, you know, our, our business services and like an attempt of how we're different from the other, you know, millions of agencies out there. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then some, some initial information on the team and the cost. And in the last episode, you mentioned that you put about like 30,000 of your own funds into the deal. So you bootstrapped the deal yourself. Yep. What were those funds used for? And would you have changed? Wait, and, and would you have allocated those funds differently knowing what you know now? Uh, maybe. The, the reason why I say maybe is because I, I guess I was in a different position back then because I I was working full time right at Rivian and trying to build this this business on the side. Yeah. Um, plus, my partners were also on a pretty part time basis. So I guess the reason why I had chosen to invest that money, it was mainly hiring like part time contract recruiters to help fill the roles. It was more so just giving us leverage so that way when we did close a deal, then we didn't need to do a, a lot of the heavy lifting to actually fill the role. Um, but if I was at that point starting it, didn't have a full-time job, then I'd definitely do the work myself and just save the extra expense. Um, there's definitely a, a way to to get to like profitability and, and get to a good you know business model without you know paying that much money up front. It's just a matter of like, I guess I was valuing my own time and then, you know, trying to, I guess, le get leverage uh, alongside my full-time job. Did you set up the LLC and also did you have a website as well by the time you launched just mm -hmm. to like try and establish credibility? So those were also in play yeah. as well. And so from start to finish, when did you get that first, that first client to take the chance on you? How, how long did it take? Uh... It was probably around like maybe the four to six month period Whew. after starting. Um, reason being too is like OpenREC, my, my original idea for the company was actually not necessarily a pure staffing agency play. I originally wanted to build software okay. to compete with LinkedIn Recruiter, kind of building on like my background in like software product management and, and trying to build like a better you know, sourcing tool for recruiters to use. Um, but then the reason why I built the agency model was because my background, again, was in recruiting. It wasn't in agency recruiting. So I wanted to build it to get to the point where I can get to cash flow positive and then use the profits to fund the, like the software development. Okay. And also just like in the process, learn about, okay, what does it mean to actually run like a, a staffing agency, you know, firsthand? Um, but then like, I, th I think that that's where the point 
like six months in, we realized, or I, I realized that, yeah, I don't think I want to go down this route because uh, there's a reason why LinkedIn recruiter has a monopoly in the market. Uh, and there's, they're squashing a lot of the competitors too. And it's hard, it's hard to compete just given the, the amount of data they have. Mm. Uh, so that's when we kind of just committed, doubled down on the model, just like, okay, run, running more of like a tr traditional agency business model. And yeah, started getting clients around like the four to six month mark. Four to six month mark. And then when you did go to the table too, do they, is there like a time period that they typically test you out for? Or is it just like, oh, we have, or is it like, oh, we have 10 positions and then that's, you get your shot. Here's, here's 10 positions. Here's your shot. Go fill it. Like, like what, what do those deals look like? Yeah, it, it's probably most most likely the the first couple scenarios that you mentioned. Like, there's definitely a trial period, especially if, um, I mean, a lot of the times I just didn't know like the main point of contact company is personally like they're maybe they're a referral, but then I still haven't like had a chance to work with them in the past, especially in like recruiting. So it, it'd usually be like either you know if they did have ten roles, it'd be like one or two roles that were the most urgent from their perspective, you know, and then we had some like handshake deal or maybe it's in the contract where if we fill these roles in, you know, X amount of time, then we'll be able to take on, you know, more roles with them. Okay. Got um, it. And okay. So, so, so let me get this straight. <laughs> you, you want to start a recruiting agency, get your, make sure you get your website set up get your, your LLC already taken care of, right? Then you tap into your own. Wait, and, and then, oh, geez, there's a lot of moving parts here. If you can, first hire would be trying to have, uh, or, or before even then, reach out to the company to try and place or get positions to fill. Then if you can, you fill it yourself or you just hire a contract recruiter. Mm -hmm. Then just go from there. That's how you get your first deal. Yep. <laughs> All it's, right, easy. It's pretty simple. I don't want to say it's like not hard. Like getting getting your first clients is definitely going to be the hardest part of anyone who's looking to start their own recruiting business. Okay. But the way I think about it, just in like, you know, I guess a basic term is like you have your sales department or focus. And then you have your recruiting side of it. You know, once you sign a contract, obviously you need to fulfill the recruiting services. Um, so once you have like, you know, your first client and have like sales aspects solved and you actually have, you know, business to fill, then comes the recruiting piece, um, which I think is like a little less, uh, a little less arbitrary than the sales piece, just given how, how competitive it is to you know, land, a, land a good contract. So if somebody wanted to start a recruiting agency, uh, what was one of the mistakes that you had then that you would tell them not to do? Mm. Or were you just perfect? You're just, just no, perfect. definitely not perfect. Uh, I'd say like, yeah, like kind of similar to what I was saying initially is like finding your own focus or niche. Like an ideally based on, you know, the expertise that you bring to the table. Um. Like early on, we, we started pretty broad. Uh, we had 
dabbled in operations because like my background has been in operations realized that there wasn't as much of a higher need as like more like technical or engineering roles we shifted to engineering but then still like that's still pretty pretty broad in terms of like you know the industries that we're we were um you know focusing in like we're kind of just like reaching out all over the place as long as they're hiring let's say an engineer but you know sometimes an engineer at company x might be different than the needs of company y right so just getting as narrow as possible so that way your messaging and your pitch to these people if you get them on the phone or even like via cold email like being so specific that it's like okay taylor gets me like he gets my industry he gets exactly what i'm looking for in this person um so that way it's just less less of a you know reason for them to kind of doubt your ability um and then now that i've done like so many different client pitch calls and like sales calls, discovery calls, wherever you name it. Um, one of like the top three questions I get is like, what is your specialty? Like that's one of the first questions I get. Hmm. So people are in fact looking for a specialty when they're looking for recruiting vendors. And I know medium to larger size companies, they also have multiple recruiting vendors that they tap on based on their specialties. So they'll have like a you know, this agency, agency A is amazing at sales recruiting, but then agency B is like good at software engineering recruiting. So they'll divvy up resources that way. So that way they can get kind of get like, you know, the best of the best for whatever role. All right. Well, there you have it. Go start your recruiting agency if you're listening to this um, or watching this. Uh, any. Wow. Dang. It makes and it makes sense though. I mean, you know, at the at the end of the day, like it's not rocket science, and it's just a matter of of doing the work. And you know, I do hope that one of my audience members actually starts a recruiting agency because that'd been really cool. And then I credit you for helping them get that started. Have you ever considered trying to mentor people in starting recruiting agencies? I feel like people could would pay pretty pretty big money for that. Uh, I've done it before. I'm not really charging as a service. More like pro bono. Like I, I, uh, like oh. people reach out to me all the time. Like usually, like solopreneur, agency owners, like starting their own agency. You know, they haven't had landed their first client yet, and then they're kind of looking for guidance on like how to how to do that. Um, so I definitely help people like that, but I never really make into like a service, oh, partially okay. because they're also like you know Friends. trying to build a, build a job for themselves and not making money. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair oh well you have a good heart and people could get to take advantage of it right now before he does end up charging uh just just kidding but anyways kyle thank you so much for your time onto this show and if people want to reach out to you how can they reach out to you uh linkedin you can reach around linkedin send me a connection request and yeah i'll probably accept it <laughs> probably probably, <laughs> probably. It depends on how good your your pitch is Depends on how you how good your pitch is and what your specialty is. Um, anyways, awesome. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. And thank you everyone for listening. I will see y'all next week. Cool. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Taylor Coop Podcast. If you gain any value out of this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you share this with your friends. Hopefully they can get the same value as well as you did. And also leave a comment or review on whatever podcasting platform that you're listening on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you at the next episode.